couple of things I want to do this morning before we jump into our text. Um, first thing I want to do is remind you of uh, Men's Encounter that is coming up, and uh, I believe today, I don't know where Scott is, but I think today is the, first, is the last Sunday where you get a discount for uh, enrolling early. And I was on the one last January and absolutely was, uh, was, was blessed and challenged and in many ways changed. And so I really want to encourage you and challenge you uh, if you are a man. Um, I'm really not trying to twist your arm. The one thing I've loved about Encounter is um, if you don't want to go, uh, sadly enough, don't go. You really have to want this. You really have to have a desire. You have to be in a place to, to kind of hear what God is doing. So we're not trying to arm twist, but I would definitely ask that if you would pray about it and be a part of it, um, there's definitely opportunities to still sign up and would love to encourage you uh, to do that today. So would love to give that as, a, as an opportunity in front of you. The other thing is, it's the start of a new year. Um, I'm a New Year resolutions guy. And so I don't know, um, how many of you like the New Year's resolution idea? And raise your hand. Okay, there's a few of us. Yeah, I, I really do enjoy it. Um, I also love giving things away. And so I've got a couple of ESV Bibles that I would like to give to someone if they have made some kind of a, of, of a commitment to, you know what, I want to be more involved in God's Word in this next year. And so if that is you, raise your hand if you would like a nice ESV Bible. Yes, I will give one there, and I will give one there. So um, I'm just going to come down and visit you people. How are you? Who wants the do we, do we, black, gold, does it not, not matter? Okay, then we'll just hand them down like that. Okay. Um, we, we use the ESV here for lots of reasons. A lot of it is um, the, the kind of in-depth stuff that we try to do, not to be smarter, but to be, um, I, I guess, more intentionally aware of God's word, try to be more specific in that sense. I don't mind being smart. I'm not out to prove anything. I'm out to become more like Jesus Christ. That should be our goal, right? Just become more like Jesus. And so we, we use the ESV. Um, it is in the pew. By the way, if you don't, if you were like, oh, I wish I could have had one, I, they're, not as, they're not as fancy on the outside, but the inside's the exact same. Um, would love for you to take the, pew in the, or the Bible in the pew in front of you. So if you don't have an ESV copy and you would love to have like a, like a paper version, I was talking to a friend of mine this morning and we were just describing this and he said, you know, more and more and more I use my phone, me too. Um, there it is. Uh, I had a little bit of a heart attack. So uh, I, I, I get it and so the U version is a great thing. I'll, I'll challenge you with this. I think I'll do it again this year. I need to probably decide in the next couple of days. Um, there are some great reading plans. Uh, from you, version grateful for Life Church and for the development of that app. It has been such a an incredible help to Christians around the world. Um, and if you would like to just connect through a reading plan, if you go to the U version and look up reading plans, there's a whole bunch of different things you can do. You can go through the whole Bible in a year. You can go through the Gospels. You can pick a number of different kinds of reading plans. And I really want to encourage you uh, to get in God's Word. And this is one of those ways that can do it. But they still have these. These things are still out there too. So uh, the Bible is a wonderful thing, kind of sharing us what God's word says about who he is and his plan in the world. And uh, really want to challenge you to guys, you guys to be, be, be a part of that and to, to connect through that. Well, as I said already this morning, it's, um, it's 2017, so welcome to 2017. I don't know if that, if that number shocks you. It's, it's beginning to be increasingly shocking to me. 
as I look at the years that roll on and um, the older I get, the more that I just am one of those people that wants to comment on, it just seems like it goes faster all the time, right? Doesn't it seem like that to you? It just seems like it's increasing speed. Why is just going, the every year is going quicker and quicker. I, I think the reason why, I have a theory as to why this is, and I just believe that the reason why it seems like it goes faster and faster is when, when you're a, a young kid, when I was like 10 years old, and I'm ha- waiting for a year to go by, that would be like a tenth of my life. I'm now waiting for a tenth of my life to go by. Well, now I'm nearing 50 years old. So the, the, the amount of life that I've already lived, one year just gets smaller and smaller and smaller all the time. It seems like I preach vision 2016, vision 2014, and then it seems to me like three weeks later, we're getting ready for Christmas. That's what it seems like. The years just fly by. This morning we met as a staff in this room to pray, not just for this service, but kind of for this year. I asked the question, so, so what can we be praying for? For ourselves and for our people. And I don't know about you, but the one thing I love, whether you make a resolution or not, the one thing that I love are those, those times in our lives when we can slow down and look around to reflect on where we've come from. Maybe for the, for the first time in a while, like stop and consider where we're going and ask, like, is, is, is this the way I want it to be? Doesn't life just go fast? I've, I've spent um, some time just recently in the hospital with one of our families that's uh, praying for their son who's involved in a car accident. You can pray for the Mastons and for Josh. And I just, um, it happened right, right before the end of the year. And I just, I guarantee you, they didn't think that's how they would spend the end of 2016 and the beginning of 2017. And it's at moments like that, you just try to stop, don't you, to, like, I don't want to miss anything. And I don't want this to get away from me. I just, I wish, don't you wish life would just slow down a little bit? Like, I know for those of you that are, are moms, and I was talking to a young mom this morning, she was walking the hallway, and she's holding this little tiny baby girl. And I said, don't worry, before you know it, she'll go to college. And she said, I know, um, I kind of want it to happen quicker. And I said, no, you don't. And she said, well, you don't understand. And I said, actually, yes, I do. And, right, it's... That's the way it happens. That's the way it is. I get it. Why does it, why does it seem like it, it's going so fast? I just want to slow down so that I can understand where I am, where I've come from, and where I'm going. I, I help. One of the things, one of the things I, I try to do, I, I try to stop and to reflect. It really helps me um, to, to pray for, for, this, for this church, for this fellowship, Realizing that no one is planning, I don't think right now, maybe some of you are, but no one's planning actually to, uh, to leave their, their marriage, walk out on their marriage in 2017. But it's going to happen. Like to people in this room, I say this every year. So how do we, how do we get there? And, 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 and it's not even just about how do we avoid those things. How do we stop? How do we, how do we just slow down long enough that we never have an accident? How do we slow down long enough that we never, ever, ever have a moral failure? Yeah, life never works like that. I wish it would. 
I wish somehow me being more attentive as I'm sitting in the emergency room, I turned to a friend of mine and I said, you know, it's funny because if I say to you in this moment as we're reflecting on just how precious life is, if I say to you, on your way home, drive carefully, You've never been more aware of the need for you to drive carefully. And you'll say, I know it, he'll say, I will. And I looked at him, I said, will you really? And he looked at me and he said, probably not. I mean, he wasn't driving crazy. I'm just going to drive the way I drive. Right? I'll probably be a little more attentive. Maybe come dial it back five miles an hour, but in the end... Like, we just can't live like that, can we? We just can't live by avoiding moral failures and accidents. And that's why we need God so much. Because the reality of life, the fullness of life, is that we can't have the control that we want. That's why many of us go through anxious thoughts and fear is because we feel like the world is out of our control Welcome to 2017. It, it is. It has always been. It will always be outside of your control. I think admitting that may be one of the first steps to a, a, a spiritual birth in you. I, I cannot control what's going on in my family. I cannot control what's going on in, the, in, the, in my workplace. I cannot control what's going on in the world. To say that, and to not give up hope, to not just kind of just throw your cards in and, well, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. That's why we talk so much about the faithfulness of God. So what do we need in 2017? We need a reminder of the faithfulness of God. And I want to ask you this question. What do we mean by that, the faithfulness of God? One of the most enjoyable things for me um, in the new year is I I get a number of people that wish me Merry Christmas or Convivial Christmas since last year's uh, Christmas sermon. So I get that, and then they love to wish me like well in the new year. Happy New Year. And and with almost without exception, I, I get something like this. And I know that 2017, do you know where I'm going with this? That 2017 is gonna be even better than 2016. And I know, I just, I just know because God is so faithful that what he has in store for us and what he has planned for us is bigger and better. It's always bigger and better, right, than, than it was in 2016. And I guarantee you, if I didn't start this little part of my sermon this way, but I said, don't you think most of you would go, yeah, bigger and better, come on, right? Bigger and better, let's do this. It's it's how we think. It's how we're wired. And so this is what we do. We take that bigger and better mentality. 2016 was. 2017 will be, what, bigger and better? It'll It'll be more. All the good up, all the bad down. We we sang some some phrases. I had to write them down. We, 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 We sang this, that God is like a defending fire. Defending me. We, we, we sang that the Lord is my strength, the Lord is my shield. We sang about the faithfulness of God intentionally for all the battles that you've won for us. I just, we just want to give you thanks and, and we just know that you're going to fight the next battle in front of us. 
So, so my question would then be, do we as the people of God have faith in a better future? Do we have faith in, in more, faith in bigger, faith in better, or faith in him? And there really can be a difference sometimes. And I would even argue that the majority of struggles that you will have in 2017 will challenge your understanding of God's faithfulness it will, you'll have times in your life, you may be sitting in one right now, you'll have a time in your life and your understanding of the faithfulness of God is rubbing up against the problems that you are currently going through and instead of the faithfulness of God wearing down your problems, demonstrating him as a shield, as a rock, as strength. Instead, many of us have these huge problems and we don't understand how the faithfulness of God fits into this. I just don't get how it fits. Like, I, I don't understand how this trouble that I'm going through, this crisis that I'm in the middle of, I don't understand how this fits in with God's faithfulness. And, and what I love to reflect back on is what the scriptures teach about what God is doing I don't know how often you, you, I have to stop and think about this, that right now there is a being in the universe. His name, as he has revealed it to us, is Yahweh. And he is the only God. He is the God above all gods. And he is alive and well this morning. Did you know that? And, and not only is he alive and well, but he is a, like he is, <laughs> this is such a silly statement, but it's, like he is, um, he, he's, he's, he has thoughts, he has an attitude, he has a plan. Did you know that God has a plan? See, when we talk about the faithfulness of God, we're talking about God's faithfulness to what? Before we get to the to us part, just wait, to his plan. Isn't that what he's faithful to? 100% faithful from the beginningness of time. If we could line them up, Adam, was he faithful? Yes, he was faithful. And yet you got kicked out of the garden. Yeah, I deserve that. Abraham, was he faithful? Yes, I'll tell you, it took him a long time. And God, you know, ready to speak into that? It took a long time, but God was faithful. Every step of the way. Faithful in what? When we talk about the faithfulness of God and you're wrestling with the faithfulness of God and you're trying to find hope for 2017 and you're looking back at 2016, whether it was a great year and you want one more like that one, or it was a rough year and I just, I'm so glad I get a new start. However you line up this morning, when we talk about the faithfulness of God, there's no way to understand that concept apart from God's faithfulness to his plan in the world. That's what we talk about. He is like a fire defending me as I am connected to his plan in the world. He is my strength as long as I rely on him and as I am in him accomplishing the purposes that he has for me, played out for me and and so often, this is where we get the God, who's really God, Jim or God, this is where we have a problem, is many of us, well, no, I wish it was, all of us, all of us, have a plan, have a dream, have a hope, and, and we want God to get on board with us. Do we not? 
You got an idea what you want to do in 2017? I do. I got lots of plans. I got lots of hopes, lots of dreams, lots of things I want to see accomplished. And I'm just, hey, God, let's get on board here. Don't fail me now. Right? Knocking on wood, doing whatever superstitious thing you're doing, trying to make it all happen. God, get on board here. God, get on board here. And then when God doesn't get on board with your plan, then you, you, you question his faithfulness. This is why it is so critical, mission critical for us as a church, which is nothing more than a collection of individual saints, individual people devoted to who Jesus Christ is, devoted to God's ultimate plan, us coming together and what? Aligning ourselves with what God wants. And if right now in your mind you're beginning to wonder, well, what about what I want? What about my plan? What about, what about my desires? Listen, it's not that they don't matter. I'm not here to say, hey, your plans are dumb. You're just a human. Your plans are selfish. No, some of my plans are very noble for 2017. Are yours? Some of your plans are very noble. And your frustration will come. Your anxiety will develop. Not because your plans are wrong. But maybe because your timing is. If we're going to be honest, or, or maybe because like, you can't pull this off by yourself. And I love to go back, and the only place I find any surety, the only place I find any, um, uh, like, a, like, a, like a foundation, like a strength or a shield or a rock, is when I see what God is ultimately doing. And I connect with that. And I can't think of a better time than the beginning of 2017 to say, let's, let's talk about this. Like, did you know that God is on a mission? And by the way, we have been invited into that. It's not like God's on a mission, he doesn't care what we do. No, no, no. God is on a mission, and humanity has been invited into that through the work of Jesus Christ. And, and it's, it's, it's bigger than going to church. It's bigger than going on a mission trip. It's bigger than reading your Bible. It's bigger than praying. It's bigger than sharing your faith with your friend. It's bigger than your friend or you coming to Christ. It's bigger than that. Did you know that? God's plan is bigger than all of those because it is the collection of all of those. And this is what God is doing. He is making much of himself. He is focusing on the redemption of the world. And he has invited you and I, Sunnybrook, he has invited us not to do all of that, but to be a part of that. And I, if, you, if you hear me at any moment speaking about or thinking about, or you're thinking in my mind that what I'm really asking you to do is come to church more often, you don't understand. That's not what it is about, although I, I'm, I'm, always, I'm, always, I'm always concerned when, when, when families or individuals will never miss a child's baseball game, but church... I don't have to go all the time, but can I, can I use that for your children's sporting events? Not having to go all the time, or we need to be committed to certain things. So, I mean, just let's be, let's be I always love to ask the question, am I being consistent? Am I being consistent? It has to matter at some level, but, okay, that's another sermon. I got a little bit distracted there. God is on a mission, and I want you, I want you to see this mission, and I want you to take a look in Ephesians chapter 1, 
beautiful, beautiful um, text that describes what God's mission is all about. Now, this is one of the concerns. Usually when I'm, I'm preaching, I'm trying to think, now how can I connect with my audience? How can I give them something that they want? How can I give them something that they can take home? And the truth is, this is um, one of those texts that's lofty and it's noble, it's grandiose. But without understanding this, the best you can do is be frustrated that God isn't doing what you want him to do. That's the best you'll ever be. That's the most you'll ever really accomplish is this constant, wow, it seems to be working. Oh, it's not working. I wonder what I'm doing wrong. I wonder what God is doing wrong. I'm disappointed with God. I'm disappointed with myself. But if you look back at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 10, and you begin to understand, like, this is what God is about, and this bleeds into every aspect of our lives. This bleeds into your breakfast tomorrow morning with your family. This bleeds into how we welcome in not only this new year that we're now in, but the next year that should come. This changes what it'll be like when you go to work. Maybe you have tomorrow off, congratulations. When you show up on Tuesday, it bleeds into that. This bleeds into every aspect of our lives. Paul says this, Beginning in verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at the activity of God in this text. Who has blessed us and the context matters in Christ. Not just with health, not just with wealth, not just with a great country. I'm grateful for all of those things. But there's a lot of people who live in a great country and who are healthy and who are wealthy, who are moral but have not been blessed in Christ and I just feel, I feel sorry for them. Like to not have Jesus matters. And so God's primary activity, as we see here, praise be his name, he has actually blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Which then reminds us that what goes on in um, in, in the events of this world, I, I just know that I'm going to see um, people that have died in 2016, and we'll watch some kind of uh, video montage about that, and uh, major events that happened in 2016, and we'll see this montage of all these events, great and tragic and difficult, that we're, and we're going to see all of these things that have ultimately happened. But you do realize that beyond that, what the Bible teaches, you may disagree with this, but what the Bible teaches is that there is another realm that actually exists. The realm where God exists and, and where angels and demons exist, a spiritual realm. And I, when I, I believe in that because the Bible teaches that. And what he says is, is that we have been blessed in the heavenly realms, not just in the earthly ones. Verse 4, even as he chose us. I love the reminder that I'm not here by accident. These aren't random events. God isn't just um, trying to pick up. He's not one step behind. He's always aware. And what did he do? He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. God has a plan that we, what's his plan? That we should be, and this is what helps us understand what God cares about so much. He loves you so much, he doesn't want to leave you in your broken state. He doesn't want to leave you in your sinful state. He doesn't want to leave you in your selfish state. He doesn't want to leave you in your helpless state. He wants to make you into the you that he designed you to be in Christ from the beginning of all time. That we would be holy and blameless before him. 
See, now, now, there, now there's a New Year's resolution. What are you planning to be in, uh, or planning to do in, in 2017? One thing I'm planning to do is become more like Jesus Christ. I don't care if you're a resolution person or not. How that's not near the top of your list, I, I don't understand. We, we don't spend enough time thinking about and reflecting on the holiness that God desires for us, the blamelessness that God desires for us. We, we settle into, I'm only human, um, that's just the way I am. We, we use a lot of excuses to just, it's just, the way, it's just the way God wired me. No, it isn't. There are many instances where we're sure we all have unique personalities. We all have some very uh, unique gifts and some very, uh, very, very specific traits that each of us have. But all of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, who, who desire to honor God and love God and follow him, what we desire to be is God's plan for us, which is holy and blameless. Which, by the way, is different than perfect. Be holy and blameless, to be committed to his plan. Not just in the world generically, but his plan in us. He says in verse, uh, verse 4, beginning in verse 5, In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons, and I would include daughters, through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. For what? To the praise of his glorious grace, God has blessed us. God has chosen us. God has predestined us to be adopted, to be his children. This is the plan of God. And all of this is done to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. That's Jesus. In him, we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Now, just take a look at that verse because it's a good thing to be reminded because maybe you're looking back at 2016, you're looking at 2017. I mean, I've made some resolutions in terms of my own holiness, of, 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 of commitments that I want to make, um, sins in my life that I just want to put to death. And I don't do them merely through self-control. I do them by focusing on who Jesus Christ is. And I guarantee you, there's a lot of people in this room. You think you're the only one. You think everyone's looking at you. And everyone feeling like everyone's looking at them, but it's way more complicated than that. And I promise you that there are a number of us in this room right now that are looking back at 2016 and thinking, I made some of the biggest mistakes in my life. Like, I'm glad it's done. I'm glad it's gone. And amazingly enough, in 365 days, I used to just, if we just slow down, maybe we can, maybe we can put an end to these, to these failures, to these major moral collapses. No, again, it doesn't work like that, does it? But notice, notice what Paul put side by side here. We have through Jesus Christ, through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So for those of you that have failed in 2016, and are looking forward to a new start, I want you to hold on to this profound biblical truth, is that as great as your trespass was, as deep as the wrong that you did is, God's grace is greater still. Not deserved an amen. Like that is, that is so profound. If there's one thing I love preaching, it's not 
the waywardness and the wickedness of humanity. It is the incredible free gift of grace that comes through Jesus Christ. And one of the reasons why we crash and burn when we've already crashed and burned is because we cannot believe that God's grace could extend as far as us, as far as we have fallen, as far as we have broken, as deep as we have transgressed. But I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, his grace is greater still. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Now here's the question. So then you must live in that. That is why we become ambassadors of his grace. Telling people that their sins will not be counted against them, but because of what Jesus Christ has done. This is God's plan in the world for 2017. That people would know that their sin is not the final word. But his grace is. We have forgiveness and redemption according to his grace, not according to our sinfulness. That's what God's about in 2017. I know you're wondering, will I get married this year? Or will my kids finally get a job? Or will they finally move out of the house? I mean, I know those are the things that we think are the most important things. I'm telling you, they're not. The most important thing that God is doing in 2017 is letting those who are broken and wayward and lost that he loves them and cares for them and has a plan for them. And, and you and I get to be a part of sharing that amazing good news. Verse 8. What did he do? He continues on. Which he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight. So God who is this, um, uh, this, this, this free spending, this, this wild, we could call him like this, this wild spirit who sows seed in the, in the most bizarre places even though it's not going to produce. God is truly in that sense reckless, but it is with profound wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will. Think about that for a moment. Do you know the will of God? The answer of every Christian should be yes. I know the will of God. I know the will of God. The will of God, we're going to see it unfold right here. But the will of God is in very simple form that all humanity might know who Jesus Christ is and become, become the one that God has intended and planned for them to be. That is the will of God. That is the mystery of God that in Christ all of that can happen making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. And here's that plan, to unite all things in him, in heaven and things on earth. That is the plan of God. You know what God's plan for you is? That you might know who he is and respond to him by believing in who Jesus Christ is and the coming of Jesus Christ so that your sins could be forgiven and God could be praised because he is so gracious and kind. And that is not a small thing. I would argue that's not a redundant thing. And, and, and here's where I get trapped is I'm thinking, but there's got to be more, right? Like there, there must be more. Like there's got to be something that's even bigger than that. Well, Paul in this text doesn't seem to think there's anything bigger than that except for the fact that all of this folds back in on God being praised and glorified for who he is. 
And that's where it all ends. And this is what God is doing in 2017. And this is the invitation that God has for you in 2017, is do you want to be a part of this? Do you want to connect and be a part of this? And and so you and I get to ask this question as followers of Jesus Christ, but I never assume whenever I speak anywhere, I never assume that everyone in this room is on the same page. And I'm even okay with us not being on the same page. I'm, I'm grateful for the fact. I, I thank God for the fact that this morning in this room, there are those who are on the outside of God's, not his love, but you're on the outside of God's peace. Right now, you're still trying to um, be good enough, or maybe you've convinced yourself in your mind that you are good enough. That your plan is much like my grandma's plan was... Um, you know what, I mean, my parents are good people and I'm just gonna kind of be like them and if God doesn't like that, well then I don't wanna be any, have any part of him anyway. By the way, terrible plan. Even for really nice elderly Canadians. Terrible plan. Terrible, terrible, terrible plan. But I would argue that is probably the most common plan in the world today. Their, their plan for 2017 in terms of um, the, the, the spiritual component, that's always a dangerous thing to have a component in your life. The spiritual component of my life is to just, you know, try to be a better person. Try to try just, you know, be kind and nice. That's all I really need to do. I, I, I'm going to tell you the story. I probably said it before. I'm always careful. If I said this before, I have, and I know I have, and I'm just going to tell it to you again. There was this, this this pastor that was on an airplane, kind of a profound theologian. He was one of the professors at Duke Divinity School, and he sits down on the airplane, and um, he's sitting beside this this man, and, um, and the man says, "Hey, what do you do?" And this professor says, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a pastor." And he said, really? And then this gentleman who's sitting beside him said, you know, I, I know you Christians love to talk about God and make it up to be more complicated than it really is, but I really think everything about God is, you know, can be summed up into, you know, just try to be a nice person, just be kind and care for people. Pastor sitting there patiently, and he says, well, what, what do you do? And he says, well, you know, I'm an astrophysicist. And the pastor said, well, you know, um, I was just thinking, you know, everybody, those astrophysicists, they always have these complicated ways to look at the world. But I've always thought that all of astrophysics can be completely summed up with twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. <laughs> I, I, I promise you, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not defensive in this because I'm a pastor and how dare he. No, I'm just, I'm very aware that... <laughs> Like, do you understand, like, the bigness of God, the fullness of who he is? And if your plan in 2017 is to just be nicer, just tell me, like, where did you come up with that plan? Did you read this and come up with that? Like, you, you read the Bible, or, or another book. I mean, honestly, fine, if you had another book, you can show me, you can show me that book, we can compare books. Like you can tell me, like, where'd you get this idea? Well, I watch Oprah every week. She hasn't even been, I don't think she's not on anymore, is she? She's been, she's still alive though, right? Okay, just checking. Um, I'm sorry, Ellen. I watch Ellen every week, and she's really funny and insightful, and she dances great in the aisles with her fans. And so I'm just gonna try to be kind like her. Like, really, what more can there be in life? Really. So your plan is to be kind and good. And God's plan is that you would come to recognize just how desperately you need his grace. 
I never want to miss a moment to say to those right now who have a, a plan different than the one described in this incredible book, um, I need you to think carefully because I don't know exactly what's going to happen in 2017. And, and by the way, I, 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 my, my greatest concern for you, interestingly enough, is not that you'll have an accident. No, my, my greatest concern is that in 2017, you will do something that is far worse than any accident, and that is you will just get in this condition of hardening your own heart or pacifying your own heart or lying to your own heart or being lied to by others and your own heart becomes calloused and hard. That's not God's plan. That's not God's intent. So what are we doing? So now we are, as a, as a body, as Sunnybrook, we are committed to what Jesus Christ told his disciples near the end of his time on this earth. As he is ready to ascend into heaven, he gave them instructions on what to do. So I've talked about God's plan, but where, do, where does that connect with us? I'm glad that God chose us and predestined us and lavished us with all of this. I'm glad that those things are happening. But what do I do now? I'm glad you asked. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. We keep coming back to this. Matthew 28, and I, and I want to focus on just two small verses at the end of Matthew's gospel. Just verses 19 and 20. Jesus already appeared to them. And they, were, they were actually in a, in a rather um, disturbed state. It talks about them um, doubting and in the context of their worship. They worshiped him and some doubted. I'm thinking, oh, that's every Sunday at Sunnybrook. And I'm not talking about different people. Some worshiped and some doubted. I'm talking about that sometimes, <laughs> regularly, that the complexity of life causes us to worship, to not fully understand, but to still believe. And that might be you this morning. And Jesus says this to his disciples, and in many ways we are an extension of that, are we not? And he hasn't come back and said, hey, by the way, I want to change things up a little bit. I got a better plan. No, 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 this one's, this one's incredible. The, if you ever want to know like, what happens, you're, by the way, you're welcome to come to staff meetings. I'd, I'd love to um, introduce you to the elders and make sure that you know who they are. Um, this is what drives us here. This is, what, this is what we wake up thinking about and praying through. This is our bread and butter. This is everything right here. There's these very simple commands of Jesus Christ that the rest of the New Testament just unfolds in front of. Unapologetically, we are about these two verses. Jesus says, go, therefore, and it's not, this go here is... Um, is, uh, is, is kind of one of our challenges that we have, that we would all be involved in caring for others and helping others and sharing the gospel with others. That's actually very similar to this one here. It's actually a participle. Jesus really is saying, like, as you're going, as you're going through life, not, not just on a mission trip, not, not just when you go to work, not just when you go back home after a long day's work, in the constant context of you living, going, coming, going, this is what Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Good news is, America's one of those. Isn't that awesome? America's one of those nations that God cares about. That God loved us so much that he, through his Holy Spirit, allowed the gospel to come here so that my parents would hear about it in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Did you know there were Christians in Halifax, Nova Scotia? At least there were in 1960. And my mom and dad, who did not know the Lord, 
came to the Lord because someone decided to make disciples of all nations. I'm grateful for that. What do we do? We baptize them. We initiate them. We, 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 we clothe them. We, 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 we help them unite with Christ, as Paul says in Romans 6, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe. Now, this is one of the concerns that I have, is that we hear a text like that, and we go, hey, I've been observing these things all my life. I'm a great observer. Like, watch, I, this, is, this is me. Like, really, this was me in 2016, just watching other people be spiritual. Like, I really don't take responsibility for my own spiritual life. My wife does a great job at home. Seriously, my kids, you know, Jesus says kids are really, really spiritual, and so I think my kids got it. They're, I think they've got it all taken care of. So I, I come to church, though, and I mean, I, I do that new Bible app's awesome. Jim talked about it on Sunday, and so occasionally I look at that. Like, I am a professional observer um, it's not going to appear on the screen, but I want you to see these words from John 14. It's the same word. The word observe can also be translated to guard or even to keep. John chapter 14. I want to read this to you. If you, don't, if you want me to just hear it, I, I'll gladly read it to you. But pay attention to these words. This is what Jesus says. Same word. To teaching them to observe. This is what he says. Same word, Greek word. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's that word. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper with whom will be with you forever, even the, whole, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, and yet a little while, and in the world you will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live, and in that day... You will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Verse 23, Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep, he will observe my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but it is my Father who sent me. What Jesus is saying there is, is that this idea of being a Christian is not this, the English word to observe, but to keep, to guard, to hold on to in every aspect of our lives. As followers of Jesus Christ, you and I are people who keep and who encourage others to keep, to observe, to live out, to do, to demonstrate that God still exists in the world. Did you know right now in so many different avenues of your life, people are wondering, is there a God? And you're not him. I'm not him. But you and I are, through the Holy Spirit living in us, Jesus says salt and light, and by us living missionally in God's plan, we are able to demonstrate that God has not given up on this world, that there is still a plan for this world, that it includes us, and that it includes those that we are serving. And I, I can, I'm not afraid to say, that is what 2017 is in a nutshell. The question becomes, how much of that is going to flood into our lives 
so that you and I can recognize and find great joy and those around us can find great joy in what God is doing in the world where he's no longer merely this idea but a very profound and real being. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded and behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what do we do with this? Where do we go? Are you asking me to go on a mission trip? I'm, I'm really not, although that might not be a bad idea. You ask me to read my Bible more? You know, I'm really not, although again, not a bad idea. Are you asking me to like love my family more? Really not, although again, not a bad idea. Churches um, have had this tendency, particularly in America over the last few, um, how about about 100 years, I'm going to assume, um, trying to find like the, the new best gimmick, okay, to try to encourage people to do what God has already told them to do. And for the last few years, we've really wrestled with this. What new thing can we demonstrate? What? I don't have anything new. I have something old, and I want, I want to show you something as, as we close here that hopefully will give you both a sense of peace and a sense of purpose in 2017. Because I often wondered, what am I supposed to do? Am I, am I supposed to be a preacher, Jim? Is that what you want? Am I supposed to like quit my job and go to Bible school? I mean, what, what do you want from me? We talk about going, gathering, and growing, living missionally. We've talked about living communally, and we talk about becoming transformed into who Jesus Christ. But what does that really look like? We always want to break it down, and here's what I love. God's plan is so simple and essential and true that you never go wrong when you think about it. If I even use that phrase, you need to live missionally. What does that mean? Meaning living purposefully. Recognizing that wherever you go, you have been given a responsibility. Any, any, any guys plan on going anywhere today? Home, store, work, tomorrow? Anybody? Home, store, work, community? Anybody traveling? Getting on a plane? You going somewhere? Good. As you go, think about what it means to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ everywhere you are. It is that profound. And it is that simple. So I love to ask myself this question. Not everyone does, but you have a ring on your finger? Raise your hand if you have a ring on your finger. Okay, great. Start there. Next slide. You need to think about your marriage better. I'm not asking you to lead a life group. I'm not trying to tell you that you need to start a new discipleship group. Raise your hand again if you have a ring on your finger. Remember, you have a ring on your finger. Remember that God has told you what marriage is all about. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, washing her so that he might present her holy and blameless. If you have a ring on your finger, remember you have a ring on your finger. And that doesn't mean I can look but I can't touch. That's just foolishness. It means that I have a responsibility to a wonderful young woman and she's got an incredible responsibility to me. And we are called to make each other more like Jesus Christ. Not just get by. Not just keep the peace. But we are called to sharpen one another. We are called to love one another. We are called to serve one another. We are called to motivate one another. We are called to encourage one another. And that's what marriage is all about. And Tom agrees. You're right. Marriage. Now, here's, here's what's beautiful. So you don't, don't have to, it's not about life groups and mission trips. 
If you have a spouse, remember you have a spouse. And be Jesus to that spouse. Some of us, raise your hand if you have a family. Now, this is all of one. Everyone should raise their hand here, by the way. <laughs> I'm not asking if you have kids. I'm asking, do you have anyone in the world that you're related to? Raise your hand. Then be Christ in those instances. By the way, if you're a kid, don't try to be the parent to your brothers and sisters. Remember, I'm not asking you to be something other than you're not. But if you're a dad, be a dad. If you're a mom, be a mom. If you're a grandparent, be a godly grandparent. Quit supporting your grandkids no matter what they do. But remember that God has given them a truth to uphold to and hold them to this. Extending grace and admonishment and rebuke and correction and hope in every instance. Like imagine what would happen if we would recognize what God is doing in the world and instead of us just focusing on life groups and mission trips and Sunday school classes, but we just stopped and said, I got a marriage, I need to invest in that. And I've got a family and I need to invest in that. Me and my oldest son, he's gonna hate that I'm even saying this, me and my oldest son, we're gonna start skating together in Oklahoma City in 2017. We did that when he was four and you know what? He's still alive and I'm still alive and he bought ice skates and we're going to go skating. And I know he's already grown up. Moms and dads, you do realize that just because they left doesn't mean they're gone. I guarantee you we're going to have spiritual conversations. I think you're around here somewhere, are you, Matt? Where are you? Tell me he's not here. Is he not here? Oh, good. God, he's here. He's... Twelve Shades of Red. That's a new movie that Matt's coming out with. Fifty Shades of Red. Uh, he hates these kinds of things. But I'm telling you right now, I'm going to take more seriously with my sons and my beautiful daughter-in-law what it means to be in a family. That's what God wants me to do. Keeping all the commandments to Jesus Christ in my family. I know you want to go, but I got to. Church community exists. Are you part of a church community? Now, here's what I love. Now I've got a responsibility to those around me. I know you might think, well, no, actually I'm more of, this is where I really am an observer. Like, it's, it's not right. It's just not right that if all you do is come in here and observe and, and, and consume religious products, if that's all you do is consume religious products and you never give back, it's my biggest concern about internet church. then you're not going to be ready when, when you get the call and so-and-so's in the hospital. You're not going to be prepared spiritually, and you're not going to have the community that is around you. Now, some people actually want to bypass marriage, bypass family, and just have community. I mean, I got my life group. Who cares about my family? Who cares about my... And we're saying, like, that's not what God ever intended. So don't tell me you're spiritual as you abandon your family for your church community. We don't believe it. God will call you on it. We'll call you on it. But I do believe that we've got a responsibility to go gather, grow with one another, living communally, caring for one another, because there are a lot of people in this room that are struggling and hurting. There are a lot of people in our community that are struggling and hurting. And if my family and my marriage is doing well, then guess what? God has done that in part so that Andrea and I and our family and other families like us can now be actively engaged in helping those families that are in need. Isn't this a great plan I've come up with? Extend it one more. If you have a workplace, 
See, now here's where some of you are getting into trouble. Your workplace is in the middle. Isn't it? Ring doesn't matter. Kids don't matter. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, you are, you're, you're spinning out of control. It's a spire graph, and it's just going to spin out of control. And for those of us that understand, I've been here, make, take workplace, put it at the middle. And the destruction that is coming down the road, you don't want to be around for that. You might not even be around for that, actually. Many people just kind of walk away during moments like that. Kind of scratch their heads. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Do I have another one after this, or is that it? That's it, right? Yeah. Listen, it can keep on going. Like, I've got responsibilities to a church in Mexico. You know, but, but this essentially is actually what it means for us to engage in what God wants us to do in 2017. Is that hard? Oh, yeah. It's easier for me to say you should join a life group and you should read your Bible. You should go to church more. Those things are easy, right? No. Have a ring on your finger, live like it. If you have a family, love them, disciple them. Be a responsible part of the church community that God has blessed you with. I'm so grateful to be a part of Sunnybrook. Are you? I'm so grateful to be a part of this fellowship. And then it just keeps spilling out into the workplace and it spills out into the world. This is what God is all about. This is what we are all about. This is what we want to think about and dwell on and pray about in 2017. We're asking you, let's, let's do this together. I want to pray. God, thank you for the simplicity of this. I know I have for years tried to make it complicated or gimmicky or sticky or whatever word I want to use. God, I want to make it um, palatable. I want to break it down into, into, into components that are easily understood. And the truth is your word just keeps like beating against us like tides rolling against the shore. And they are, by your design, just faithful. So I thank you for your word, which is unchanging, encouraging, supportive, humbling. And I pray, Father, that not that divorces would stop, but that marriages would thrive. And not that there would be no more prodigals, but there would be families just excited and celebrating when those prodigals finally wake up and come home. And God, I pray not that everyone comes to church every Sunday and everyone's in a life group and on a mission trip and on a fit team, but that everyone recognizes the joy and responsibility of being a part of the family of God. And our workplaces are revived and, and God, everywhere we go from across the street to around the world is just different because we have connected to your plan and to your purpose and to your mission. I ask all of this for your glory, not ours. Give us the strength. And it's in Jesus' name we humbly pray and all God's people said. Amen. If you're used to first service on a typical Sunday, you're getting out really early. <laughs> Love you guys, really grateful. If you wanna continue this faith conversation, we'll be down here. Um, next week, it's back to normal, Sunday schools, children's programming, all that stuff. 
services at 9.30 and 11.10. We will see you then. Love you guys. God bless. Happy 2017.